Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Do you want to meet myself and Ollie Davis of WrestleRamble fame? Well, you can do just that by joining us at Wrestling Media Con on September 8th and 9th from the Bowlers Exhibition Centre in Manchester, England. Ollie and I will be doing a live episode of WrestleRamble as well as signings and photos, but that's not all. Wrestling Media Con will have shows from Cultaholic, Inside the Ropes, Wrestling with Regret, Don Callis, Botchamania, Art of Wrestling, Sean Waltman, and more. There will also be the first ever wrestling media hall of fame and wrestling shows from impact wrestling where they will be taking on the best the uk has to offer and revolution pro wrestling featuring the legendary jushin thunder liger defending his british j cup crown tickets are on sale now so head over to wrestlingmediacon.com that's wrestlingmediacon.com support wrestle talk give us a subscribe Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. I am a little bit achy because <clears throat> yesterday was our first ever dance routine rehearsal. Yesterday. Just me and you. Laurie couldn't make it, but he's coming. We're, we're doing another one this afternoon. Yesterday being Wednesday because we're recording yes, this yes. on a Thursday. Yeah, so it's uh, it's coming together, though. It's coming together quite nicely. Well, yeah, because um, if you are listening to this and you're going to be heading to Wrestling Media Con or you're already at Wrestling Media Con, which is currently going on as this podcast goes live, um, you'll get to see us do the dance routine that we have been rehearsing on our Sunday panel, um, which, yeah, is happening on Sunday at uh, 4, I think? 4 p.m. 4 p.m. 4 p.m. We're on stage. It says 4 to 5 p.m. We're not going to fill that hour. No. It's we're... 4 to about 4.36. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Depends on how much the uh, the cultaholic lads waffle on, I suppose. Yeah, stupid cultaholic lads. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've got a we've got a fun show planned. I think it's good. I think it's good, and I really enjoyed the that I enjoyed the dance lesson more than I thought I was going to. I'll be honest mm. with you. When we showed up, and the dance teacher was really cool, and she was like, "Let's just do a warm up." I instantly became self conscious because mm. you're just staring at yourself in these massive mirrors, and I was like, "I don't want to be here." I don't know what I'm going to do without the mirror. Because a lot of me knowing what to do is looking at myself and going, ah, oh, yeah, that guy's showing me what to do. <laughs> um, but now I, yeah, yeah. going to have to get used to not doing it with a mirror. Uh, and I'm conscious about how much space we've got to play with. 
We've we, been leaping around. And we had no idea what the stage looks yeah. like at this point. Yeah, we'll find out uh, Friday. Yeah, we'll find out tomorrow, so I So yesterday. <laughs> the time machine of recording stuff in advance. Absolutely. But I thought it and was... we don't know what Laurie dance is like. But oh, I, he's going to be the best of the three of us. Do you I, reckon? I guarantee you he will be the best of the three of us. He'll just break out some dance, break dancing moves. I'm bringing the team down a little bit, but he's going to be, he's going to like raise up the bar mm. a little bit. I think we're consistent. Consi- yeah, consistent is a good way to put it. So the, the great thing about it is she's put in so many different moves that it's like we're better than we are. Yes. And just us remembering all the moves, I think, will be enough for people. And she has made it idiot proof. There's a few, with, with a few sections that, like when the first thing we did with like the the crossing legs, I was like, "You've already gone too far, mate. You've yeah, already yeah. you complicated this more than it needed to have been complicated." Because then you have to do hand movements as well. Yeah, she yeah she was like, "And now let's add the hand movements in." I was like, "What? <laughs> I thought this bit would be easy." <laughs> Yeah, there are a couple of bits where we get to have a little bit of a break, and those are the bits I like the most. Mm. Um, got a, a quick message from Marcel Drura, who we actually missed. Um, so we were going to... He sent in a Poetry Corner submission, and I mentioned his Poetry Corner submission, and I was about to read it. Then I started talking about the Steven Spielberg marathon that I ended up not doing, oh. and we didn't actually read the, uh, sorry, the poem. Marcel. So very sorry about that. He's also sent a couple of Patreon questions in, which we'll get to in a mailbag. Not this mailbag, unfortunately, but we will get to a mailbag at a certain date. So this comes from Marcel Drura, and it's a poem called The Old One and the Younger. Two gladiators are facing of tonight. The old one and the younger are ready for the fight. Both of them are used to this, the grandest stage. Both of them are icons. One is of elder age. The old one, the older one inspired the younger to be the best he can. When he was just a child, he was his biggest fan. So now they fought together. It's about respect and pride. Now clear to all who are watching, the younger wins this fight. That's sort of right. <laughs> Now, um, both of them are crying. The drama is too real. Even sitting at home, the heartache I could feel. The old icon is bleeding. He's yelling, bring it on. He would never stop fighting. It is his swan song. Be careful, then you notice what that the kid's about to say. I'm sorry, I love you, as he kicks his chin away. The legend hits the floor. His career found an end. Everyone's heart breaking, as it was the intent. Bravo. 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 Of course, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, WrestleMania 25, 4, uh, 4. 5. 4, because Taker Michaels was 25. Yeah, sorry. That's exactly where I went to. I was instantly thinking The Undertaker, mm. which is not the way I was meant to be thinking. You know, the first half of that, before they said the, uh, the younger one won, mm. and it had the stuff of pride and all that, I was thinking, is this about Tanahashi and Ibushi <laughs> from the G1 final? Yeah. What a man. What a match. Uh, so thank you very much for that poetry submission. Uh, we will be back in the outro portion of this show. Um, so but if you do want to get in touch with us, email me at luke at russeltalk.com. Here is the show. Right now, we are at Wrestling MediaCon, pooping our pants <clears throat> because tomorrow we do a live onstage dance routine. Absolutely. I think by the time this has gone live, we'll have done our um, Indie Darling show, Internet yes. Darling show, with Brian Zane from Wrestling With Regret, Matthew from Botchamania, and some lad called Adam Pacitti, who I've, I've barely heard of. Yeah, freakishly uh, tall. <laughs> Suspiciously tall. Suspiciously tall. Tom Phillips. Yeah, he's definitely got lifts in his yeah. boots. Um, so we've done that show, which you can obviously watch on Fight TV, but also we're going to be doing our show tomorrow, uh, The Punishment, where we're going to do our dance routine. We're probably going to be 
probably re- we're probably rehearsing that routine as we speak. Yes, uh, drunk. We've got <laughs> some surprises for you as well. Oh, we have, um, and it's not just the dancing. Yeah, but last weekend, it's kind of like it's it's interesting how these two independent things have happened so close to each other. Like from what I understand, th- these dates weren't announced. Like the the two things weren't aware of each other. But you've got All In and Starcast last weekend and this weekend you've kind of got the UK equivalent yeah. which is Wrestling Media Con with the Impact versus UK show and the Rev Pro uh, British J Cup we're going to get to see Bandido I know <laughs> and uh, and Liger again yes yes I'm really excited to see Liger uh, so that it's it's just this larger conversation of WWE and All In and how that the players that are going to become a part of this Yes. So I'm thinking the, the major players at the moment are the elite family. So mm-hmm. that's Cody Rhodes, that's Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Marty Skull, Hangman Page. Yes. Those are the five, well, six, because the Bucks are kind of two people. And interestingly, as part of All In and the, the bit afterwards, Cody said, the next move we're going to make, we're going to make it together and we're going to stick together. Love that. And having seen All In, I've got to think that it's it's not with WWE. It has to be at this point, right? It has to be them sticking out on their own. Mm. Like I think Meltzer was talking about this on Wrestling Observer Radio, talking about like the amounts of money that was made at that show. Like by all accounts, um, pro wrestling tees made just shy of under, like, just shy of half a million dollars. Okay, so the number I've seen is that, but over the last four months. Oh, so that's, okay. That's not. That weekend. Okay, I was going to say the way Meltzer phrased it was it was that yeah. weekend. They but made. I might be wrong. That's yeah. what I've. Meltzer knows more than me, but I yeah. think I read. Are you trying to say more other sites? <laughs> you trying to say you know more than Dave Meltzer? No, no. I think Meltzer knows more, but I I read everything. No, I know. I Meltzer don't think it. Meltzer reads every <laughs> insignificant tweet. Um, but like, so a lot of money was made, and they were super proud of that show mm. as well. So like, you can imagine, you know, this is something they put their heart and soul into, something that they promoted themselves, something they wanted to prove that they could do. To then just go like. And now we're going to go sign with WWE. Yeah. Like, I don't see that happening. perfect bargaining chip. Yeah, I just don't see that happening. Mm. What I instead see is All In 2. I see more of these shows. We kind of speculated about this previously, that if, you know, All In is a a success, which it was going to be because it sold out its tickets, 11,000 tickets it sold out in the 11,263, I think was the number. Even more successful. Than we thought it was originally. Um, So you got, like, that um, incredible number. We were like, cool, then you do another show. And rather than call that All In, you know, all in two you do in September next year, and you could do like four shows a year. These sort of four big, massive, mega touring show things. Do them in the UK. Do them elsewhere. It'd be amazing. Yeah. So in terms of structure, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think everyone really gets caught up in the WWE way of telling stories, which is weekly television and a pay per view every month. But really, most indie promotions, and certainly like back in the when WWE started. They didn't have weekly, they had like a weekly syndicated thing, but it was the big pay-per-view shows every two, three months that they were built towards in the 80s and early 90s. And I think the best model for All In, at least at the start, so at least for the next year, is four big shows and being the elite is essentially oh, yeah. your superstars. Absolutely. I mean, I would probably say do two big shows. Mm. and But yeah, but using being the elite. Because they used that so smartly and so yeah. well to build all in and the storylines that were going into it. And it's such a well... 
well-produced show, and it's fun to watch. It's mm. so digestible, which I, I think is... I'm not, not trying to say that as, like, a negative thing. Like, oh, that's easy to watch. But it's a way to, like, they get yes. all of their storylines over so well in that show. And that there's something for everyone. There's, like, zany stuff. There's insider stuff. And then there's fantastic wrestling as well. Yeah. I, that, that's the one tweak I would make to be in the elite to make this structure work, and that is have matches like one match per episode but you're just like you know these are big enough guys the bucks go oh can we film our tag match against pentagon and phoenix at pwg yeah but not p they wouldn't allow it but like (laughs) defy wrestling yeah say like a or an aaw show Yeah, yeah and those independent promotions and i'm sure they'll be like yes or a deal could be worked out and then you can have at least one match on each like rather than just the little clips of matches. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I th- I think they've got a really, yeah. I think it's a real great business model they've mm. got at the moment. And we got like a, an email or a message on, from Patreon from one of our pledge hammers that I've moved out of the mailbag into here because it kind of is encompassing here. It's from our, our Rob Pontin, Pontin Problems. Um, I asked a few months ago, would all in change wrestling as we know it? At the time, you said no. Has your view changed? Do you think this has changed wrestling and opened a new era? Did we say no? Um, no, we we said it could change wrestling, or it it could completely fall flat and this is the like the bubble bursting and everything starts to go on a decline yeah um, that was before the, that was before we, tickets had gone on sale yeah maybe we did say that maybe we were more pessimistic um, I'm sure th- Rob knows more than we like, I'd, I'd say, I, mean, I can't remember what I said five minutes we ago we did say um, that we were unsure whether they could sell out the 10,000 seats because it was like an, an a, you know, an unknown without thing. Without a CM Punk Without a CM Bryan, Punk Daniel yeah. Bryan, yeah. And then, like, completely proved us wrong. Am I happy to eat that humble pie? Pass me that slice over. Yeah. I'll eat two of them, thanks. They didn't even have a Neville. <laughs> there was a perfectly good Neville lying around. They found a Chris Jericho instead. instead. That was It's weird looking back on, like, the months leading up to this and these Saturday show titles. It's like, will Chris Jericho be all in? And we're both sitting there going, no, he's too big for it. He said that he wouldn't <laughs> do it. What marks we are. So, yes, very happy to be wrong. And I think there is this swell of optimism uh, because we both listen to Wrestling Observer Radio a lot. And one of the interesting things, because Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez were there, it's hearing them talk about the backstage feeling. Really was interesting. And how different you have the new generation of guys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, millennials, essentially. Your Cody's, your Bucks, your, your Jay Lethal's. And, and they're, they flip Gordons, and they're all really nice. And they're like, hey, man, how's it going? And there's none of this politi- like political maneuvering or backstage heat stuff. It's just everyone trying to make wrestling nice. And fun. Yeah. But then you've got the old-timers who were also there because it was the StarCast convention, and you had certain names. You know, and and those, those guys were problematic. Like, they would be in their cliques. Yeah. And like, if you went over and talked to one of them and not the other, they would be like, well, why is he doing that? Yeah. They would be like, who didn't shake everyone's hand? Yeah. And apparently, when they, when some of these old-timers, Melter didn't specify who, realised that this show was so successful, they tried to renegotiate their rates with Comrade, who organised StarCast, to get more money out of him. And Meltzer was like, that is the old school mentality where everyone is just trying to out-con the other person. Yeah. And maybe that's because back in those days, wrestling was this such a protected thing. You're essentially conning everyone. Well, yeah, but yeah. nowadays, the, the newer generation is, no, this is, this is, this is entertainment. 
we know what's going on here, really. This is predetermined. So you take that con element out of it. And you don't have to, like, prove yourself to be a big guy because they know what this is anyway. Exactly. Well, Nash has said on several, Kevin Nash, that is, has said on many um, <laughs> shoot interviews and stuff, and he said, like, he's very open about this, that he would often, they would do house shows and be like, well, there's no point in trying. We've already got their money. And, yeah. like, and that was that, that's his mentality and that's not just his mentality that's the mentality of a lot of that generation of wrestlers where like wh- why bother putting on a show like we've, I've been paid and so co- compare I, that to now where it's like I don't care if it's in front of 20 people I'm going to go out there and steal the show yeah. and try and have a match of the year candidate well no because like it makes sense as well yeah. because if you're wrestling in front of like you know 20 people you're like well I want to go out and have the best match possible because if that one of those people is booking another show I want to impress that one person and be booked on more shows. Or if I put on an amazing match and people talk about it on social media, on YouTube shows like this, then that gets me more exposure. That can get me booked on other shows. You do want to go out and try and impress people and put on the best show possible for the audience that are paid to see you. Now, this is is bringing us on to something that I don't think has been talked about in regards to this yet. This is my... My secret idea that I've been working on in my head and just mulling over. So you've got this new kind of person in the wrestling industry. And this was all in was really the proving point of we don't need WWE. You speak of the old school and the new school mentality. WWE is totally that old school still. You're like, there's backstage heat if you say the wrong thing. You're walking on eggshells. Yeah, you're walking on eggshells. Uh, there's like whatever the stories about alleged alleged allegations about Randy Orton and the handshakes. Mm. You know, you've got that kind of toxic locker room mentality over there, and then Which all the, in- old, the old school love. You know, they hate the fact that you just sit around, you play your video games. Like, oh no, that's a bad thing. Yeah. Like, I'm going to live past 37 as well, which a lot of your lads didn't. Well, that's that's a you different. Know, I know, you I know. might live past I'm, 37, but be in a wheelchair. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm being I'm being very facetious. Yes. Uh, so you've got this new generation of guys, a new generation of guys who are all in the same mission and hopefully wouldn't stab each other in the back to get that extra spot. When Cody talks about sticking together, being the elite, and making that move together because they're part of a bigger mission to make wrestling what they think it should be. And that, to me, just screams unionization, Mm. which is the biggest untouched thing with WWE and wrestlers, of course. Just for context, WWE contracts talent as independent contractors. They're not signed, technically. Yeah. They're so, independent contractors. That's so what Raven was always suing them over. Yeah, so they're not employees. Uh, they have to pay for their own travel. They don't get sick pay. They have to work all these uh, dates. And they can't work for other promotions. They can't take sponsorship deals and do things like the, the Bucks and Cody are doing. But the the reason that's always fallen down, like when Jesse Ventura tried to get it started, when Raven tried to get it started, is because that old school mentality of wrestlers was to do anything to get ahead. So if a bunch of wrestlers start to unionize, someone will go, yeah, I'm just going to take that spot. Yeah. But now maybe that bond is so strong that the, the top guys are banding together and they might actually be able to start a union. And if it is going to be anyone, it would be this group of guys. Yes. And because they're the guys who've got all the sway at the moment, really within the independent wrestling scene. These are like these are the top guys on the independent circuit. Cody, the Bucks, Page, 
Mighty Scale, Omega, Omega. You know, these are the guys that are kind of like, and I don't want to say running the independent world, but they more or less are. They're the kings of it at yeah. present. And if anyone could start a union, that a genuine union that protects the well-being of wrestlers, it, it would be these guys. And Cody's got the acting side. He's you know friends with Stephen Amell, so. He, I'm sure, I mean, I would be surprised if he hasn't had chats with actors being like, so how does this all work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is a huge thing. If you're like, well, oh, that sounds like backstage boring stuff and legal technicalities. One theory is that Linda McMahon is now in the small business department in Trump's administration really to stop any unionization and the independent contractors debate flaring up for WWE. Yeah. So this is a huge thing. And w, like, you know, Linda spent tens of millions of dollars to get that position, really, in her two previously failed Senate campaigns. Mm. It's, a, so it's a potentially huge thing. Yes. We should, yeah. we should specify that because this is very much speculation on, on, certainly oh, yeah, on, yeah. on your part and actually on my part as well. But I, I could see them doing something like that. Yes. Or at least trying to. Um, but yeah, just in, in terms of other all-in bits, uh, all-in two. And how this... The, the one problem with all-in is how many promotions you've got going on there and how long they will all play together for. Mm, okay, <laughs> so at the moment, it's very much uh, Ring of Honor, New Japan, and NWA. Yes. Which is, you know, you've got Billy Corgan in there, you've got Sinclair with ROH, and uh, your man, um, uh, what's the New Japan Gator. president? No, uh, the new president. Oh, uh, the, your, your Dutch Harold Meij. Harold Meij, that's the one. Um, smoking a pancake. Um, how are they all going to be able to play mm. ball together? Because yeah. it, it always happens with businesses. When businesses try to get together, businessmen have different opinions on how business people have different opinions on how you should do things. Yeah, it's weird how like the all in, the name all in really encapsulates all these wrestlers coming together, all these companies coming together. But like that's that is arguably its biggest strength. But it could potentially be the biggest weakness when it starts to fracture and deteriorate. And you can imagine that come all in too. Impact will want to be part of this as well because then you've got Don Callis doing commentary oh, yeah. for it and Don Callis is really behind pushing Impact as a strong brand that people want to be associated with and he's doing a bloody good job of it in all fairness mm. to him so I could definitely see friend. absolutely. so I could definitely see Callis being like we need to get Impact involved in this as well get the Impact guys in there for, for all in too it's just at one point there's going to be a conversation whether it be for the all in two or three years from now hopefully if it's still going and that is, okay, so whose show is this? Mm, yeah. Like, is this an all-in show? Because we're just going to start doing our Ring of Honor stuff. Or is this just a Ring of Honor New Japan show? Yeah. Or And then, like, NWA are like, but what about us? And You know, so it's difficult. I Because in a perfect world, I think, I would, I, I would want this to just be a Ring of Honor thing. Because apparently the Ring of Honor production guys were a huge part of how this event was produced. And it looked so good. It looked so good. And but with an NWA regulatory body for the belts. Yeah, just well, for that the makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that but makes then, sense. But then, like, you know, Billy Corgan spent a fortune on those. Yeah. He's a man with grand ambitions. Really? Maybe he's <laughs> like, no, I want, you know, I want to do this. Yeah, because, and it's not just that, but it's also, like, Billy Corgan may look at that and be like, oh, the success of that show was down to us and the NWA. 
And then someone's like, well, actually, no, I think Ring of Honor were the people that were really successful behind that. But then what if Harold Mead was like, well, actually, I think it was probably the fact that you got our IWGP heavyweight champion there. Was Kenny it? Omega stole the show, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then that's when you start to get these sort of butting heads. But I would like to think that in this beautiful world of wrestling we are currently in, that everyone is in in this together they are all in and they'll mm. be like do you know what let's just work together and make this good yes but against the common enemy of WWE but I don't even think it's a common enemy because I don't think that you can see because WWE aren't technically competition because you're not competing against them you're just doing this for wrestling fans mm. because they're not WWE is appealing to a very different market than All In is doing so I don't see you can really I know we titled this video as WWE versus All In WWE the only thing they can really do because they're not going to be able to get their fans is to just try and get the talent yes and that's where All In 2 that's what All In 2 will rest on is trying to steal the talent away from the show they managed it with um, Diana Perrazzo that mm. was the only one they managed to get couldn't even get Rey Mysterio to couldn't even get Reg to do it yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Ray's starting within days, apparently, reportedly. But that's been... <laughs> I've heard that since January, well, mate. The, well, it's because the one sticking point was he wanted to work all in. Oh, really? And they and, and WWE were like, no, we want you to not do all in. Yeah. And he was like, let me do all in. Uh, otherwise, I'm, it's, it's not going to happen. So he did all in and... Yeah, but he's finishing up dates. Mm, yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, so, yes. But, yeah, Chris Jericho is this wild card as well. Apparently, WWE were furious. Yeah. And they, they, they didn't know. They didn't know that he was going to show up. Um, Mike Johnson on PW Insider said that when Jericho popped up, his phone started to buzz with loads of text messages from people working for WWE going like, is Jericho on the show? Is Jericho at All In? And he's like, mm. yep, I'm looking at him right now. Why weren't they watching the show? <laughs> They're not allowed to watch other wrestling, you know that. Anyway, should Poisons we do, the mind. Should we do some crap gimmicks? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
Just shortly before we do the crap gimmicks, we, uh, we we are sponsored, the Wrestle Ramble is sponsored this week by Fight Forever, which is kind of continuing this groundswell of non-WWE shows we've had all in. We've got Wrestling Media Con right now, and then where Fight Forever team are actually going to be, so we can say hi to them. Uh, in December, in the first week of December, Fight Forever, uh, like this new wrestling promotion in the UK, but their nights are... Here's a wrestling show, you know, like with Cody Rhodes, with Flip Cody Gordon. Who? Cody, just Cody, with Brandy. Jesus Christ, if I see her in the flesh, I don't know what's going to happen. That, that, that sounded, that sounded just, so not, enormously creepy. That was the creepiest Nothing thing you've ever said. Nothing towards her. I mean, I just might, like, you know, need to get another drink. Fawn over, like, like you did with Kevin Kelly. Yeah, oh my God, Kevin <laughs> Kelly. Still beat, my favourite story. Beat still my heart. <laughs> like, <laughs> still Do you want me to introduce heart. you to Kevin Kelly? No, I can't. No, oh, man. I, I couldn't. I couldn't meet Kevin Kelly. We've probably met Don Callis by now at Wrestling MediaCon. I don't know how I'm going to do that in the flesh. I always <laughs> have a little freak out before I'm going to speak to him on the phone. Uh, but yes, it's yeah. Cody Rhodes. You've got Flip Gordon, Jimmy Havoc, Zap Gibson, Travis Banks. Uh, Will Ospreay was on a poster. Oh. I don't know if he's been announced though. Uh, so yeah, it's, you'll have a wrestling show with matches, and then a live podcast, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard and Comrade. Wow! That you get to, and then after that, an after party hosted by either Papa Shango or the Godfather. Oh, okay. So it's Charles Wright. But no, 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 no. <laughs> they are different people. Uh- Depending on which night you go to. If I was to go to anyone's party, I'd want it to be the Godfather's yes. rather than Papa Shango's. Because if it's Papa Shango, he's going to make me throw a black liquid from my mouth. Mm, a viscous black liquid. Mm, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, and the Godfather, in real life, Charles Wright owns some strip clubs, doesn't he? He certainly does. That's his business now, which is why when they're in Vegas, often the, the Godfather will show up because he's literally just down the road. And then I just pop down for a little bit. And I imagine do. that's a guy who knows how to host a party. Well, <laughs> I, I remember a shoot interview with the Godfather I listened to once, and he was talking about with well, Charles Wright, and he was talking about how much fun he had as the Godfather character because it's like it's just who I am. Like that was not me acting. That's just how I am. Which is why he hated doing Papa Shango. It's why he hated being the good father because that's not who he is. Who he yes. is is quite literally the Godfather. Anyway, so it's it's quite a unique bumper evening of wrestling entertainment it's mm. all these different fan parts attached to it and uh that's you can go and follow fight forever at fight forever uk or on facebook at fight forever wrestling and the tickets are on sale in the link below uh, it's like fight forever at eventbrite.com but yeah like uh we, we might I, I want to go to the london shows i was gonna say i'd imagine we'll be there yeah because it's sponsored by right so we should get tickets so we'll be there as well i suppose I guess. Absolutely. Getting We're drunk going. at the bar with the Godfather. <laughs> then off to Spearmint Rhinos. <laughs> While well, you lecturingly look after Brandy Rhodes. Hey! No, no, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I just, I just, I just think she's enormously attractive. That's all the comments are going to be on this oh, video no. is you after Brandy. Like I, like I even... like I'm not... No, I'm not even going to... I'm I- not even... Not even going to tell me some crap. Gimmicks. I'm, t- I'm teasing you. So this is some crap gimmicks. Now, if you're new to this show, and it's you're a body-focused <laughs> industry. That's what I'm saying. 
If you are new to the show and wondering what the heck is a crap gimmick, crap gimmick is a segment we do on the Saturday edition of the Wrestle Ramble where you, the SWAF Nation, message us with your crap gimmick proposals that we might possibly sign to crap gimmick wrestling. What's a crap gimmick? Well, you can kind of think of it as like that 90s mentality within WWE where you are either a you are a wrestler and a blank, or it could be something completely different. We've had robots or at least people who think they're robots we have had uh, people who write who are quite literally haikus we've got all sorts of people on here so let's see who might get signed this week yeah just before we do that i, I'm just, I haven't done this yet so this is the murder room yeah because this we've got studio issues and we're we're recording from somewhere else a lot of people have said they like this they prefer this to the t-shirt backdrop we'll come to that in the mailbag okay um but one other problem with this place <laughs> A few, is the a skylight, few people have noted this. Is the skylight. Yeah. We cannot white balance because the <laughs> light keeps changing. Yeah. There's no way to close this. We've got two lights here that are trying to light us, yeah. but it is a losing battle against this ginormous skylight that we've got here. Well, we're losing the battle against the biggest light ever. It's the sun. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's um, just, to, just to say... It's not it's not a, a slow nuclear blast that is overexposing the sea, the screen. It's the sun. Carry on. Yeah, the sun is a bigger star on the independent scene than Cody at the moment. Uh, so this first one uh, comes in from Christian Procell, I'm going to say. P-R-O-C-E-L or Procol, perhaps. This was sent to us on July 1st. If you want to send in your crap gimmick, it's Luke at WrestleTalk.com. One more time, Luke at WrestleTalk.com. I'd tell you the dates they were sent to as well, because I have got a massive backlog, which is nearing 200 at the moment. So his suggestion, this is Christian's suggestion, is Colin Gaston. Uh, whose finisher is Caution to the Wind, which is a shooting star press, and a gut, butters, gut buster to set it up. Gaston has incredibly bad irritable bowel syndrome, and he sometimes wins matches by countout because his opponents can't stand the constant farting. Some go as far as to wearing a gas mask to try and stay in the match, but sometimes still manage to lose with Gaston's incredibly potent Caution to the Wind if he's able to execute it. You, see, uh, you often see Gaston taking swigs from a bottle of Pepto-Bismol to try and control his digestion issues. Gaston regularly goes after the Intercontinental Breakfast Championship and while he's an amazing performer, he's yet to successfully win due to forfeiting most matches because he needs to rush to the toilet. He often, uh, he'll, he'll often still in the middle of a match Nope, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, as a true underdog, CGW fans seem to get behind him hoping to one day uh, see Gaston uh, achieve the impossible and finally win the Intercontinental Breakfast Championship. I thought we were getting the Beauty and the Beast gimmick when I first heard the name. It's almost like, disappointing oh. that it wasn't really. Yeah, Gaston. No one fought like Gaston. Yeah, and uh, he'd, he'd come out in song all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I actually quite like this. You know, Vince McMahon's brand of, of potty humour. Toilet humour. Is quite frustrating sometimes. But I think that means there's a good place on the crap gimmick roster for a farting gimmick. Yep, I, I would. The only thing I would take out is the the, the rushing to the toilet because you know, this is where your your uh, pitch kind of contradicts itself. Because a lot of the time you say people just go out of the ring and he wins by count out, but then you say he loses most yes. matches because he has to rush to the toilet. He can't be both. That is an issue with the pitch. I would also like to add something, and that is, so the shooting star is the, is the finish. There must be some kind of production gimmick that you can put in the pants to when he lands that shooting star, a little, like, a brown splatter goes... He, he must wrestle in white 
tighty white pants. Absolutely, yeah, that's uh, a good addition. There's a rich tradition of wrestlers pooing themselves in matches. CM, CM Punk famously I was going to say, it. CM Punk once made a big joke about it and yeah. then was told not to make that joke. Mm. Yeah. So, yes, next one. So, Brian Fogarty, who is a pledge hammer, uh, this is also sent on July 1st, has emailed in the veterinarian who looks like Trish Stratus. She's a qualified veterinarian in her late 20s. Now, we don't really have a lot to this pitch, but this is her catchphrase. Want to see my puppies? Which can be expanded upon. She could stand at the top of a ramp and ask the crowd, Want to see my puppies? Then as the men in the audience channel, channel their inner Jerry Lawler, two puppies are brought out from the back. <laughs> the breeds of puppies can change week to week. That's the pitch. I mean, that's, that's great. Yep. I, it's, it's so strong just on that one. And then she would go, she wouldn't wrestle. Then she would leave. <laughs> Yeah. It would just be like an Elias thing. Yeah, she's basically like yeah, you. It's a parody of like early nineties, early two thousands women in WWE, yeah. where you are just brought out to be a sex object, but actually you've got some nice dogs. And I think that's a really nice payoff because who doesn't love cute puppies? Absolutely. Like even the frustrated people. Oh, I wanted to see some some breasticles, but then you'll be like. But, oh, oh, look at those look nice at those dogs. Puppies. They're so oh, nice. They're rolling around together. Yeah, and the fact that it's a different breed each week as well, you can turn it into a big like deal because everyone, like after a while, people will get in on the joke mm. and people will then be like, Ray! Yeah, yeah. They'll be, like, they'll be counting down the minutes yeah. on the weekly CG Dove show to when this spot happens. Yeah. That is good. That is good. Uh, and our last suggestion comes in from Will Beaven on July 2nd, the critic. He always enters just after the previous match has ended with a mic in hand, giving his opinion on spot and rating the match. But he changes the scales he rates the matches with each week. Sometimes he uses stars and sometimes he uses wrestler-related puns for specific wrestlers. He's primarily a heel. The critic often turns promos into a mess by pointing out irrelevant flaws in whoever is questioning him. Upon facing criticism, he gets flustered and tends to try and escape, giving silly excuses as, ironically, he can't actually deal with criticism himself, which has led him down this path of a hyper-critique of others. His finisher, and this is where I, this kind of like why I liked it, is the face meltzer, which is a uh, similar to the crossface. Mm. Good pun and work there. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like face melter. Uh, yeah, that's good. I mean, it's kind of, you know, when you take things personally, we're essentially critics. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, is, well, I'm, I'm someone who suffers from colitis. So the first one was a bit of a dig at me as well. <laughs> that is that is good. Um, I just didn't. I wasn't as into it. I don't know why. Yeah. Maybe I feel like we've got a lot of gimmicks where people just come on and I rate it. Like they do a little bit and then the match. Yeah. Uh, a lot of promo work in CG Dub. Yeah. Uh, but that that's crap for you. <laughs> it, it would be. Uh, so out of the three. I've got to be honest. The veterinarian. The veterinarian that's is my favourite. That's who I'm going with as well. And that's not just because he's a pledgehammer, but Let's I like the veterinarian. Him. Congratulations. If you would like to send a message to the mailbag, all you have to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers by donating on Patreon. Uh, just go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk, I think it is. Yeah, do you want to give an update? We were so close. So, so we, we were pushing uh, Patreon all through August, and so many of you very generously became Patreons. Yes. Uh, and we and were, we were, because we need 750, that's our goal, to make weekly NXT reviews happen. So, yeah. Wrestle Rambles for NXT every week. And we were so close, we got to 738. But then what happens with Patreon at the start of each month? Everyone's cards get charged again, you know, and, so, and some people get declined, others get like, oh no, it's a fraud thing, even though it isn't, it's fine. 
And yet, uh, we've gone down to 680. Yeah, so a lot of people either pledged without the intention of sticking around or, yeah, payments got declined or things like that. So it's always worth, if you did get declined but you wanted to remain being a patron, worth going back to Patreon to find out what happened. Because we did get in touch, someone got in touch with us on Twitter to say that their payment was claimed, like their bank called them to say, we think this is fraud. And they had to go like, no, no, I meant to do it. Yeah, I I actually do give money to these guys. The bank's like... These guys? What these guys? No, no, this no. is fraud. We'll no. take. We'll just cancel it. For did, you. did you mean cultaholic? <laughs> no, no, actually, genuinely meant these lads. Oh, haven't we got someone we I missed a shout out for? Uh, oh, yes, you have. Apparently, uh, you missed out a couple of people. Luke was on holiday r- recently, and I was I I did bad shouting outs. Yes, apparently. So, but uh, it's because I got everything on the like I think the 29th of August. So anyone who donated post that date in the last two days of August were missed out. So the two people that were missed out at least that have let us know are, are Mo Space uh, we haven't got a wrestling name for you yet but someone who's given themselves a wrestling name is the real deal sex appeal Andy Puckett Thank you very much I definitely remember that name Yeah he said I also got skipped over this month Oh Oh, sorry, sorry, Puckett. Although that was two weeks ago, so maybe it's because you hadn't done the shout out. Oh, it could point. be. Well, you get a double shout out. Yeah. And uh, the Mo Space. <laughs> Find me on Mo Space. Lovely stuff. That's your nickname. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. From Mo Space. Tom, Tom from Find Mo Space. Find me from Mo Space. Uh, so our first message comes in from. Mo Space Mountain. <laughs> I like that one. That's good. Uh, our first email comes in from Jared Conitzer, who says. Call me what you will, but I've chosen to jog with only one other person. It's been a phenomenal decision, in my opinion. There's no jealousy about jogging with others, and there's no regret about jogging with others in the past. I know people will argue with this, but that is my thought. Hmm. (laughs) So anyone who is confused by this jogging metaphor might want to become an after-swafter. Listen to Wednesday's podcast intro. Yeah. Because we have a section on there uh, called the Agony Arts, because we're the masters of the Agony Arts, where people send us their real-world problems and we try and give the best advice we possibly can, which usually ends up being terrible advice because we're not actually that smart. We're not qualified. We're not qualified. Um, And that is based on an email that was sent to us. We won't go into the details of it here. But it's about jogging. And I'm doing big air quotes for podcast listeners. Who will will have heard the email? Uh, Thomas Westhead has messaged in to say, like, is anyone else... (laughs) I thought you might thought I popped you. Is anyone else really starting to grow attached to the murder room? Or is it just me? Okay. Um, no, it's just, like, certainly not me. <laughs> no. Well, I don't know if you can hear it. We've got a band next door. We can hear it. I yep. don't know if it's picking up on the mics. Mm-hmm. There is the sun issue. There is a weird damp smell. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I can't wait to get out of here, in all fairness. When I ca- well, also, this is only one room, so we can't really... At the moment, Fakador is in my flat five minutes down the road while we're here, and then we're going to go and collect him. So we can't... This is not a optimum working environment. It's not, no. But when we do uh, move into our new studio, we're going to have a new set. Yeah. Yes. We, I, we'll start adding to it. Absolutely, yeah. Which was obviously... Not one, right uh, off the bat. Which is our previous Patreon goal, which we are still working towards. Because the studio fell apart. Yes, pretty much. Um, Razman's Reality has emailed in. Now, this was an interesting one. I thought you might uh, have some thoughts on this. Hey, guys. Hope you're well. If this doesn't feel like something you would want to answer on the show, feel free to PM me or whatever you can if you want to. I'm thinking about getting into making wrestling videos myself. Mm. I used to make them as well as write opinion pieces for a few websites a few years ago. 
ago. The reason I stopped making videos was because I found it so hard to get noticed on YouTube because I find you have to put certain things in your title in order for people to know what the video is about, since there are so many other videos about the same thing your video gets passed over. Since you guys clearly have found something to build viewers, I was wondering if you had any advice for me if I decided to do it again. I thought about going the podcast route instead, but I simply don't have the money to be able to afford hosting at the moment. Uh, so piggyback off the success of an existing TV show called Wrestle Talk is my success. Yeah, uh, my, my uh, just your secret. My secret. Uh, yeah. So video content is already very hard to do because you want to ha you want to make it look good. Like this isn't filmed off our phones. Yeah, this is filmed using professional equipment and rubbish headsets. So yeah, and and YouTube is, has become very oversaturated in recent years. So that does make, it depends what you're in it for. Like if you, like we didn't start out wanting to make a business of this or like a real big thing. It was just because we love wrestling and before that we loved movies. So yeah, it's, it's difficult, but you do want to see some, like some uptick in viewers. So I wouldn't blame that on YouTube. I would just, you know, take that as feedback to maybe change what you're doing if you're not getting the success that you, you want. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, my thing, so a lot of people have asked, like, should I start a podcast? What if no one listens? My thing has always been just do it anyway. Like, do it because you enjoy making them. Like, when we used to record our old movie podcast, didn't have a massive audience, but we really enjoyed just getting together every week to talk about movie news. Mm. And just, I mean, it was essentially, we were recording conversations that we would have had anyway. Yeah. And people just managed to get in touch with us. So, it, it's do it because you like doing it is basically the main thing really. yeah because if and then because if you do it in if you're in it for the success like people will see through that yeah uh, yeah yeah that, that'd be my advice as well just do it because you fancy it um so i'm gonna see maybe okay last question we'll do here is from alex allen uh oh hi hi alex all in that's what i thought as well when i wrote it down alex at all in hi ollie hi laurie and hey luke even though you're on vacation i'm back now i hope you guys are having a great day i just want Hmm. I just wanted to know what are your guys' opinion on the build and match for Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk? I went back and rewatched the match and I remember how much fun, uh, how much I was into this feud that began with Paul Heyman turning on Punk. I just wanted your guys' input. Much love, Alex. Oh, great question to end on. I can't remember the the build. No, I can't remember the build either. To be so honest, this was SummerSlam. Yeah. Uh, here's a, so fun story for you. When CM Punk did that, uh, the infamous Colt Cabana podcast after he left WWE. Yeah. And he talks a little bit about that, how he had a feud with Brock Lesnar. I was I was shopping at the time, listening to the podcast, and I paused and was like, "Did he? I completely forgot that it had happened." And that was only a couple of years later. <sighs> Man, I can't remember if that was even a good match. Well, according to Punk, it was the best match on the show, but I mean, yeah, that, that's just yeah. the way that, that he viewed it. Um, so I honestly don't remember the match, nor do I remember any of the build for it. I wasn't really watching it week to week at that point. I was just reading things as opposed to actually watching it. I'd have, I'm sorry I can't answer your question. Yeah, I'd no. have to go back and have a rewatch and refresh my memory. Absolutely. Uh, but the, uh, to, to kind of like pretend to answer it and actually answer something else... I was looking through Taker's streak today. The WrestleMania streak? The WrestleMania streak. The, the, the streak of really rubbish matches that only got good in the last few years yes, he did it. Yes, So, uh, of course, you had uh, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Triple H, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar ended the streak in that not very good match. 
but the CM Punk one was actually a really good match. It's awesome. And I thought, you know, CM Punk was the last person to take a beat. Did Brock really need to end that streak? Imagine if CM Punk ended Taker's streak. Well, I remember at the time when Lesnar beat the streak, me and my friend watching it were like a little bit pissed off mm. because, and mostly because I was like, surely you'd want to give that to someone who can benefit from it. And Brock Lesnar did benefit off of that because then he had the match with John Cena and became champion and he had a bit of a lengthy run with the title in order to drop the belt to Roman Reigns. So, like, but and then Seth Rollins went in the end. But, you know, so there was sort of, like, a point to do it. It was to build this massive Brock Lesnar character up so someone else could beat him. But at the same time, I always thought it just made more sense to give it to someone who could really use it and who could use it on a weekly basis as, like, a regular character. Mm. A friend of mine, like an old university chum of mine, was fuming that Randy Orton didn't beat him when they had their WrestleMania match because he was like, he's the legend killer. Like, what bigger legend can you kill than The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania? I think in retrospect, though, you get those two Shawn Michaels matches, Triple H. Yes. But if, if Punk beat him, maybe Punk doesn't leave. Maybe Punk is, uh, you know, very satiated with ending streak, uh, Taker's streak. Well, that was Punk's problem, wasn't it? It's what he explained on The Art of Wrestling. It was like, yeah, I beat uh, Undertaker, but where's he the following day? Or mm. like, rather, like... Undertaker beat me, but where's he? And then, like, Brock Lesnar beat him in their SummerSlam match. He was like, you know, and where was Brock Lesnar the next day? Mm. Like, I was there at work. So, what has your favourite bit of wrestling media con been? Um, Well, I'm speculatively in advance because we haven't gone down there yet. Uh, Just meeting the fans, man. Yeah. Meeting the fans, hanging out with the fans, having awkward photos with the fans. Yep. Still still got to get that down. So you went to Rev Pro last night. I did. Last to, night being Wednesday. I did. I went to their first set of TV tapings uh, when they're going to be on Free Sports um, with the channel I believe it's on. Um, and Yeah, and I went down there with Brian Zane from Wrestling With Regrets, which was really cool. It's the first time I've actually met him in person, so that was really nice. He spotted me uh, as well as I walked in. He was like, oh, hey. And I was like, I was about to say like, hey, Luke, how's it going, Luke? That's my like, American accent. I was like, oh, nice to meet you, thinking it was uh, you know a fan. And I was like, oh, my God, you're Brian Zane. And I like, marked <laughs> out a little bit. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, he was a really, really nice guy. And we had a nice time, watched uh, some good wrestling. Um, in particular, uh, and this will be on the first episode, I think, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kushida, which is Beautiful. very, very good. And there is an awesome tag match that I think is in episode three between Aussie Open and the White Wolves. And it's absolutely brilliant. It was my match of the night. I don't know who the White Wolves are. It's my first time seeing them as well. But I'm really, really like Aussie Open. I'm a, yeah, I'm a big yeah. fan of theirs, particularly Dunkzilla. Who uh, are the White Wolves, though? Uh, I couldn't tell you their names, unfortunately. Okay. I just remember the, the tag team name. What's their gimmick? Um, probably, I don't they know. They come out like the, the girl from Glow. <laughs> if only. No, they, they, were, they come out wearing purple. Um, but they were also actually very, very good. Very impressed from the first time I've seen them. But I, I'm a big fan of Aussie Open. And there's a spot in there which was like, this was designed just for Ollie Davis, and he's not here for it. What was it? Well, it's so uh, Dunkzilla, which is the much larger lad, gets tagged in and uh, good for the hot tag. And he charges across the ring. And one of them tries to clothesline him. And he just runs, through. Ru- runs yes, through it. Yes, yes, yes. But he runs through it and clobbers the other lad on oh, the other side of the ring. Beautiful. And then turns around and he delivers these whopping chops. And it was absolutely brilliant. That is my kind of spot. What's it like? <laughs> what's, what's Brian like in a wrestling show? Does he mark out? Is he there going, 
Oh man, that's not very good. <laughs> no, he's, I wouldn't have done that. He's a, a really like fun guy to watch wrestling with because he pops for moves and stuff and he'll like if it's a big move he'll go like oh man and yeah. like you know react in that sort of way we were talking about how like when you watch shows on a weekly basis you do find yourself sometimes going into critic mode and you just have to because you're writing notes but it's actually just fun to be in a live crowd and watch the yeah. show and not have to take notes and things like that it's much preferable it's a lot more preferable to to yeah to watch a show and not have to dissect it yeah as as it's going, we got into a uh, a, a conversation about the uh, the overuse of the Canadian destroyer, and oh, it, yes. because he works on wrestling shows as well, and he was talking about like whenever he goes to a wrestling show now that he's working, he always sees a Canadian destroyer being used as setup moves for <laughs> something else. He goes, and then I saw another one at All In, and then I talked about the Rev Pro show that you and I went to, where someone did a Canadian destroyer on the apron as a setup move for the finishing for the for the finish, and that was the opener. Yeah, well, that remember it was a it was a Canadian destroyer on the apron to, sh- to set up like a shooting star press, and then a kick out. Oh, that's, it wasn't even the like, finish. Oh, come on! I showed my lady partner uh, a video of Scarlett Bordeaux doing a Canadian destroyer on, I think Brian Cage. Can't remember. No, Trevor Lee, and uh, she was blown away. And she was like, "That was awesome!" Because she likes all the flippy stuff. She doesn't really like wrestling, but because she's got a background in circus, she appreciates the athleticism, and. I even though like I showed her this clip being like look how cool this is as soon as she said that moves awesome I went well actually it's a bit overdone (laughs) (laughs) see them everywhere it was cool 10 years ago yeah and uh yeah I hate myself (laughs) well that's all we've got time for to cut you off you were just about to cut cut me off I felt you going into another story and we've got a dance routine to go and learn it wasn't a story I was going to point out that we were we wondered what uh, P.E. Williams thinks of the Canadian Destroyer being used as a as, as a setup move and being done by loads of other people. Because he was the guy that popularised the move, more or less invented the move. And then I remembered, I've got a connection to P.C. Williams. Because he does a regular radio show, and the guy who runs the radio show is a WrestleTalk viewer. Because we used a clip of P.E. Williams talking about Jericho going to Impact. And he got in touch with me on Twitter to be like, oh, hey. That's amazing. If you ever want to speak to Pete, just let me know. Oh, so wow. I, I said to Brian, I was like, I might just ask Pete Williams what he thinks. Get him on the blower. We should we should record that. Yeah. But yes, uh, we've got some MediaCon stuff to learn. Yeah, dancing, more dancing. And uh, if you are around at Wrestling MediaCon, please do stop by and say hello. We're really looking forward to seeing everyone there. And we're very much looking forward to doing the show itself. And if you're a podcast listener, which you clearly are, you'll probably be glad not to have to hear that advert I've got for Wrestling MediaCon at the start of the show. <laughs> but that's all we've got time for for this week we will see you on tuesday for the regular raw review have a wonderful weekend if you're not at MediaCon. take care i love you goodbye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.